In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And today I want to talk about a familiar mantra or for some, especially people that prescribe to a particular expression of faith, uh, a a mantra that says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, before you check out on me because you think I'm about to get all woo woo or super religious, hang in there with me because I'm going to lift this uh, out of out of the traditional context. And I'm going to attempt to squeeze to strangle as much practical application from it as we can get. All right. Now, before we get into that, of course, I got to hit you with the ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one size fits all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that the perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, you guys know how I do. I like to give you the backstory, tell you how I got to today's episode. So today's episode is inspired by uh, recent events, or I should say a recent disruption uh, that we've all felt on some level. I mean, you know, we're not all in the same boat. You know, we got access to different things. We got a different individual code, a different code for our house. Uh, so we may all be navigating it a little bit differently. Some may be doing better than others. So we're not in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm. And as with any storm, figuratively speaking, at any given moment, there is both chaos and peace. They are coexisting, at least until one evicts the other. So if there's so much chaos that peace just defers, it gets overtaken. Well, peace, peace is not there anymore, but there could also be so much peace uh, present that it evicts chaos from the situation. Right. So there may be moments where our peace, your peace is eclipsed just by the volume of chaos that we may find ourselves in. And in those moments where peace seems to be imperceptible or evanescent, those are the moments where we must be peacemakers. We must make peace. Yeah, you see what I did there? That's a plot twist, right? Because you thought I was going to be on some pacifist type energy. You thought I was going to be on some turn the other cheek type of peacemaker type of energy. But nah, that ain't where I'm going, fam. If you're in a precarious predicament where peace eludes you or peace seems to have been eclipsed or it's been evaporated, um, fam, you just got to create it. (laughs) I'm making it sound simple. But yeah, you, you just got to create it. We have to create and we have to manifest our own peace. We got to be our own peacemakers. I mean, like when you think about it, are we waiting for somebody else to come into our situation and make peace? 
<laughs> nah, it's it's on us, right? So, because it's not there, and we're the ones that have to live with these this situation that we're in. So, or if it is there, it's not there on a level that has de-escalated or extinguished the chaos yet. It has not prevailed against the seemingly insurmountable storm yet. Right. And so I find it interesting that this text, which I extracted from the Beatitudes as the original source, uh, is often glossed over or it's only applied when you're talking about in the context of reconciling two opposing uh, external enemies. Right. Um, But I want to look at it. I want to take it a deeper dive and I want to look at it and examine how sometimes. Uh, There are internal opposing forces that we just must make peace with, especially if we are the ones expected or expecting to make peace in an otherwise chaotic situation like this falls on the shoulders of leadership. So if we're going to lead a team, we're going to lead a home like it's on us to stay calm, keep our composure, keep our equanimity and and just kind of redirect the situation. And, you know, just as a sidebar, let me submit this for our consideration. A lot of times our default may be to suggest peace needs to be made between external forces because it's too painful Ouch, to to our sensibilities to concede that we may have to make peace with ourselves. You catching these grown man bars, fam? You picking up what I'm laying down? Come on. Ain't that the truth, though, that a lot of times we attack others, things outside of ourselves, things outside of our jurisdiction, things outside of our responsibility, outside of our control, because it's much easier than to confront something that's going on with us. I mean, think about this. This is what animates your haters. They envy you and they assail your character and try to diminish your shine because that's easier than them doing their work to level up and attain the same success that they could have. If they expend that energy that they're expending towards vilifying you, if they they reallocated that energy towards building themselves up and sharpening their saw, develop and honing their skills, it'd be a completely different story. They wouldn't have to hate you. They'd be an ally. Y'all probably be in the same tribe, be on the same squad. But I digress. That was just a sidebar point I wanted to make on the way to my first point. All right. So before I get too far down the road, let's uh, establish a working definition for peace. In the context of this episode, the working definition for peace is the absence of striving. So this doesn't mean the absence of diligence or doing hard work because you can do something challenging and pursue a goal without being in a conflicted state or without feeling like you're contradicting your values. I'll go even further and say you can actually enjoy hard work. You can enjoy a challenge. You can look forward to the sense of achievement and accomplishment and fulfillment that comes from conquering something. So synonymous thoughts or images that should populate on the canvas of your imagination for the word uh, peace should be rest, tranquil, tranquility, composure, composure, equanimity, um, almost a, a neutrality or indifference, especially as it relates to something that would otherwise rile you up. It's an unbotheredness. You know what I'm saying? It's an imperturbability about your frame that just reroutes chaos like chaos knows I can't I can't fool with him. You know, I won't be able to penetrate uh, this this energy, uh, this force field, if you will, that they've kind of insulated themselves with. Right. Um, And it's worth noting that peace is not the absence of even disorder. What some would call uh, will call will call chaos. Right. So so I'm saying disorder. Some people might say it looks like chaos. It looks like pandemonium. But just hear me out. I point this out because beauty can come out of chaos. You know, uh, transition can feel chaotic. Uh, Birth is somewhat violent. As the water breaks, but we get the beautiful baby. You know, mom has violent contra- con- uh, contractions, um, heavy breathing, painful pushing, uh, the baby contorting, passing and being pushed through, 
pushed and pulled through the birth canal. All these different things are going on. It gets messy, you know, uh, but something beautiful comes out of that. You know, that's just the process. So uh, a threat and peace can coexist. Pain and peace may coexist. Messiness that comes from uh, comes with process and things uh, taking form can still coexist with peace. All right. So let me be clear. There should be an urgency to first make peace with yourself or ourselves, myself. Uh, and now this may or may not come to, as a surprise to you. Uh, but a lot of people that you're going to interact with today are not at peace with themselves. And for this reason, you shouldn't be surprised if every time you engage with them, <laughs> you feel like a little piece of you dies. <laughs> you know, some relationships that have uh, already expired, you know, you know, the other person knows like y'all just kind of trying to fit square pegs into to round circles <laughs> and things have become toxic now because y'all hanging on there well beyond the expiration date. Right. And so because of that, every conversation feels like or, or, or every interaction every day feels like uh, death by a thousand conversations. It's a slow death, death by a thousand text messages. Every time you get that W.Y.D. text, what you doing? <laughs> Something in you cringes when you get that notification, because, you know, the trend has been that whenever or whatever they communicate, it has a tendency to be antithetical to your peace. That death can be in the form of uh, exhaustion that comes from trying to walk on eggshells as, you know, not to offend their already wounded ego or some subconscious unresolved trauma that has created a lens for them that every conversation has to be filtered through because, you know, people can be exhausting acting as if their triggers are your responsibility. And fam, that's just not the real world. Everybody ain't going to be just trying to coddle you. We, the world can't move that slow. That death can be in the form of wasted time from conversing with someone who only has circuitous, circuitous conversations because cognitive dissonance, fam, is, is their address. They live there. <laughs> they stay in a place of cognitive dissonance, meaning that they have opposing core values that lead them in a state of conflict so that they are forever reasoning two ideas, but never really reaching a conclusion. And so conversations, y'all, these conversations with them are just like joy rides or, you know, Pardon my French, but it's become like masturbatory monologues that never reach a climax. They're just perpetually externally processing and somehow they think their multitude of words is tantamount to the multitude of actions. Like they're not making any decisions, <laughs> you know, they never get anywhere and they just took you along ah, <laughs> for this joyride into nowhere, into nothingness. You ever been there? <laughs> and that's why we got to establish boundaries. And not just establish, but we have to enforce boundaries, because if you establish a boundary, don't communicate the boundary. And then if somebody violates it and you don't enforce the boundary, you just said your your boundary really doesn't exist. Or you just reestablish a new boundary. They crossed the line. You had to erase it and draw another one. <laughs> so you got to you got to establish and you got to enforce the boundaries because you don't have to subject yourself to that type of energy. But if you do just know, make an informed decision, you're forfeiting your peace. If you're going to be a peacemaker, it's incumbent upon you and I to identify troublemakers and deny them access once they have posted their flag and have been committed to making trouble. So we have to mark them. Then we have to move them and or move ourselves accordingly. All right. Now, when I talk about being at peace with one's self, uh, I need to peel that onion back. Not only are people not at peace with uh, their present selves, but the root of that is that some people have not made peace with their past selves. And one reason people have not made peace with their past is because we humans, particularly American humans, have a propensity to feel every would-be tranquil moment with activity. Consequently, we don't allow ourselves sufficient opportunity to rest, recover, reflect, 
And all of those things could result in clarity and healing, the healing that we need. Sometimes we just it's as simple as just turning down the volume and then the answers just come. They just emerge. But we don't create enough space for that. And it's been my experience, you know, that I don't always have to pray for healing or seek healing, you know, uh, and pursue it if I just get an understanding. And while I'm talking about getting an understanding, parenthetically, let me just also add that I really appreciate what uh, Buddhism teaches. By the way, Buddhism is not necessarily a religion. I know some people that's that's a misnomer. It's actually a practice, just like yoga is not a religion. It's a practice meditation. These are all things that you can infuse into whatever your particular faith tradition is. But in any case, Buddhism teaches that instead of wrestling to muster the cognitive strength to forgive someone for a violation, because y'all know it's really hard to will yourself into forgiving someone. It's, it's really counterintuitive. It's contrived, right? You don't really feel it. And and I think that's the mistake. People are waiting to feel like forgiving someone and just just follow me with this train of thought. Right. So Buddhism teaches that instead of wrestling to muster the, the strength to forgive someone uh, for their transgression, it's it, it requires less effort. If we use that energy towards acquiring an understanding from the perpetrator's lens. Now, that that's not easy to do either. And sometimes we're not even willing to entertain that. But, you know, if you sober up a little bit, you step back and you just kind of take a panoramic view and look at everything from all angles, you know, and start asking, you know, what drove this person to commit this 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 infraction? You know, what were the surrounding circumstances? What was their disposition? What was their makeup? Uh, and, and please hear me. y'all. I'm not I'm not venturing off into this this the, this this kumbaya type of energy. Just just follow me. So I'm not saying that you have to give them access to your life. That's not what I say when I say forgive people. You got to now reinstate them to a relationship. I'm not saying that you ever got to talk to them again, you know. Uh, but what I am saying is that if you understand that given the hand they were dealt and the information or misinformation they had, you would probably be motivated to make the same decision. You know, if you're able to do that, then you don't have to wrestle with forgiveness. If if that's your goal, if that's your objective, if forgiveness is the end game for you, I'm just trying to suggest maybe there's a different way to achieve that than this 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 fake way that we may go about it. You know, because understanding alone can relieve you of exerting the mental strength of holding, like actively holding, like imagine clenching your fist the whole time that you're holding a grudge. Uh, unproductive or destructive grudge, by the way, which also, by the way, is working against you and your health, you know, and in fact, in some instances, you know, again, even if you never reinstate them to a relationship, you you might pity them or you might empathize that they lack the mental fortitude and strength of character or social dexterity to make decisions that preserve their relational capital much better. You might still choose to move ahead and never, you know, call them, text them, respond to them again. But you'll be able to just no longer be a container of that toxic energy where you were holding a grudge. It'll just be a non-issue for you is what I'm trying to say. And now that I think about it, that's really the motivation behind forgiveness. I know detractors will say that forgiveness is a trait of weakness. I understand that type of thinking, but you forgive not because the other person deserves forgiveness. You forgive because you deserve peace and you can't really be at peace where you're incubating that tension towards somebody else. They're taking up real estate in your mind. They are using a portion of your energy and you don't have like infinite energy. You want to have access to all of your energy so that you can advance you and your tribe forward. But but if, if you don't forgive, if you don't just let it go, then you don't have access to everything that's 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 uh, been made available to you.
you're kind of shortchanging yourself. So again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying to forgive somebody, you got to turn the other cheek. I'm not trying to say you got to have them over for dinner. I'm not trying to say, I'm really not even saying you got to go as far as speaking well of them. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level. I'm just saying, don't hurt yourself by incubating that negative energy. You deserve peace and you got to give that peace to yourself by choosing to just kind of let that, let that thing go. However you reach that point. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, Imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. All right. So before the break, before I went on that parenthetical tangent, I was making the point that peacemakers must make peace with themselves. And as I'm thinking about it, that tangent really wasn't as unproductive after all, because that point actually dovetails so nicely with this next point I'm about to make, which is making peace with ourselves is essentially forgiving ourselves. You cannot forgive someone else if you haven't forgiven your given yourself yet. And even if you could, why would you want to? Why would you want to give them a gift that you have not given to yourself? That would also be worth investigating. And that would be indicative of something else that, you know, that's that's going on. So living, existing while holding any measure of hostility towards yourself, especially while we already live in a world that's kind of hostile and unforgiving towards us. That's the real self-inflicted sin. If there was ever any sin, y'all. That's that that that's got to That's got to be the beginning of it to do yourself harm. Right. And, and, and this is what happens as we evolve or as we transcend some matrix we previously participated in or we were trapped in, if you will, uh, whether it be a political matrix where we couldn't even see the other side or we couldn't see that really the other side is just like our side. You know, that the, the left wing and the right wing are the same. Uh, they're just wings of the same bird or religious matrix or our ethnic racial uh, matrix. Once we realize the programming and indoctrination we receive no longer serves us. Sometimes what happens is uh, as we come out of that and we kind of waken up, wake up, we grow resentful of having ever been duped into being invested in those ideologies in the first place. But a better practice. Again, hearkening back to my previous tangent is to get an understanding that, yes, you were duped. Yep, you sure were. 
And you may have been out there looking like a fool. Yep. But you were likely young and impressionable. Uh, so you got to forgive yourself because you were actually acting age appropriate. A lot of times, like let's take for religion, for instance, you may have been immersed in some particular faith tradition that you no longer believe in. But you can't be you can't have ill will, ill, you know, ill will or ill feelings towards yourself for having been duped. You, that stuff was introduced to you. At such a young age where you were young and malleable. Right. Even politically, you may have there may have been a, a series of events that shaped your lens and made you a little bit more receptive to lean, uh, 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 leaning towards a particular party. Well, you were just acting like most people would act under those uh, set of circumstances. So you can't you can't be too, too hard with yourself, you know. Um, or, or maybe you were older and you failed at something. Well, failure is, is an event, not a person. So you can't even allow an event to define you. And sometimes we we look at our participation in these particular matrix as failures. And, and, I, and I get that. But you're not there anymore. Right. Right. So so you're not a failure right now. Right. I mean, and think about this on your way to success. Uh, what did you think? Did you think that you would be the exception to the, to the rule that, that you would never fail, that you would never misstep, that you would never have a detour, <laughs> that you're superior to all humanity, that that you're the only one? All, all of us fail. All of us uh, participate in some things that uh, later we jettison and we figure like, man, that was that was that was not a good space to be in. Did you think that you'd be the exception? Nah, people fail. Winners fail before they win. But what if you practice gratitude that you went through it? What if you actually flipped the switch and you were thankful that you went through it and, and, or even better, thankful that you went through it? You got out of it. You're not there anymore and that you did that in your younger days. And you got the rest of your life to to create something else that's informed by the mistakes you made before. <laughs> what about that? You know that that even though you may have been stuck. You stuck for a while. You made it out. You awakened despite all the programming. You saw the light instead of spending more unproductive energy begrudging your past. Uh, you accept that that was then and now is now. And you appreciate that it adds more texture to the perspective that you have now that you can relate to those people. But you can also see it for what it is. And that's not in some high and mighty self-righteous type of way. I'm just saying you can relate. You can understand. You know, you're not quoting what somebody told you. You're quoting what you know. You're not talking out of a textbook. You're talking out of your, the experience that you've uh, accumulated over the years. And you got you to gotta be grateful because, after all, you did make it out and some of your contemporaries have not. And you know I'm right because your Facebook memories remind you of it every now and then. Or casual scroll down your timeline today will confirm that some of your partners still drinking stale waters of yesteryear's conversation and haven't pivoted or matured yet. They still talk about the same thing as when... <laughs> You, you may have met them in the valley and they still in the valley. <laughs> they gotten comfortable in the valley <laughs> and they still having the same conversation. They ain't they ain't made any any uh, leeway towards the mountaintop yet. <laughs> so when you forgive your former self, you can accept that that was a part of you, too. Instead of being a compartmentalized, fractured human being hiding some other parts of you that are just not as favorable uh, as you would like. Because if you don't forgive yourself, uh, you'll repress memories that sold messages into your soul. And here's why that's dangerous. Whatever you repress grows. Whatever you resist 
pushes back even harder, more more uh, uh, vehemently. Uh, whatever you deny grows in the dark without your acknowledgement. And so you become like the emperor with, with, with new clothes. <laughs> you out here with issues that you are just um, oblivious to and other people can see it. So you got things manifesting in your life and you can't trace it back to why, because you've kind of tried to compartmentalize things and not look at you don't know why the stench is coming from the basement. Everybody else can smell the stench, but you've been denying that there's even something in the basement because you just have so many ill feelings towards whatever's in the basement that you act as if it doesn't exist. You see what I'm saying? And that could be creating a um, barrier to your to your healing, to your success, to your wholeness and all of those different things. So, so you got to look at you and you got to understand the context that made you you. And you got to own it. No one has a perfect story, but everyone can have a meaningful story that ends with peace. Not because it has this happy ending, but because you become happy with the past. You resolve the past and you work towards producing the ending that you'd like. So if you don't make peace with yourself by accepting all parts of yourself, you'll never be a fully integrated human being. You'll be the embodiment of cognitive dissonance and a double minded person and writings of antiquity teaches us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and you won't even know what is the root of his this instability what is this this aura of uh dis-ease that follows you like what has created this dark cloud uh that hovers over you right you won't even know what the root of it is uh and so this means that a man that is at uh, conflict with himself will be at conflict and have lukewarm conviction with everything uh, but a man that has owned all of himself and has accepted all of himself, who is fully integrated, is of one singular whole uh, mind, even while contradictions may exist. The conflict has ceased. So, again, hear that the, the, the contradictions may exist. I may sometimes do this and I may also sometimes do that. It may seem like these two don't pair well. Or how can these two things be um, attributes of the same person? Contradictions may exist. But the conflict has ceased. I'm no longer at war with the fact that I like to dabble in that, but I also indulge in this. Right. You become a whole full person. And so when the internal civil war has ended in your soul, only peace is left to remain. And so when you've made peace on the inside, you can walk into chaos as a savior and invite the attendants of that chaos to share in the peace that you possess. You can inspire peace. Now, they're going to have to kind of host their own peace, but you can be the spark or the catalyst to that. And so we have to retire from these limited binaries behaving like there's this this few, this duel um, between our uh, con contemplative self versus our calculated self or our righteous self versus our ratchet self. You know, everybody, of us, every one of us got a little bit of ratchet uh, appetite uh, for certain things. And, and we have to own that we are multidimensional and we have to, and we have to accept the fact that we just show up in the dominant personality that is suitable for what is at hand. That's just strategy, y'all. Now, some people might call it code switching, but it can also be seen as being adroit in and in, in finessing. Uh, the perception of others so that you can advance. I'm not trying to say like you're being Machiavellian or you um, being deceptive. You're just being skilled. You're just skilled. You're just being just strategic. So, you know, how you see it as a strength or weakness just going to depend on what your code is, I, I suppose. But there's a verse in scripture that says uh, where, where God is quoted as saying, I am that I am. And I love that no matter what you think about, you know, um, 
faith traditions and different texts, if you can just be objective and just see this, you know, I love that it says I am what I am. And that's what I want to encourage, you know, people listening to this episode today to just walk in your 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 God bodiness, you know, your divinity with the mindset that says I'm ashamed of nothing I've done, experienced or become. I am all of it. You know, I'm exactly who I am. I am exactly what I am. I own it. You can't make me um, shrink back. You know what I'm saying? Let that mind be in you. You know, in another passage, ancient writer cite God is saying, I'm the one who creates light and darkness. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> so you, you, you're a complex human being. You're multidimensional. You're in the image of your creator. And you also have to understand that the ancient writers describe God and his actions or inactions according to their understanding. So don't fall into the trap of trying to please everyone. Some people are going to tell your story according to the limitations of their understanding. They may or may not misrepresent you. You got to accept that. Hey, they telling the story according to their own, understand, their own understanding, but I'm going to define myself. I'm telling y'all I am what I am. I know what they're saying. I know what they wrote about me. I know what's been translated and transliterated about me and, and how that may have been interpreted. But y'all, this is who I am. And you got to show up as that and you got to own that. You know what I'm saying? So 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 you have to be at peace with the fact that as 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 brilliant as you are, as much of a shining light to your family that you are, others may tell the story that you you are darkness to them. And conversely, as you are vil, villain to others, some will see you in the community as a hero. Sometimes circumstances may have put you in what you know, like what is a uh, uh, inescapable bind where you can only choose the lesser of two evils. But you were forced to decide and people don't always know what's working in the background. But whatever you decide, own it. Stand in your I am that I amness, knowing that you're trying to play the hell out of the hand that you were dealt and you're doing the most expedient thing at hand. You know, and, and you don't have to apologize for it. Uh, you don't have to explain it away to other people, you know, other people that are not vested in the circumstances, the outcome like you, that they don't have as much skin in the game as you. You know, we got to become peacemakers for ourselves and then for the sake of our families and those attached to us until it mushrooms into the culture. And if it doesn't leave uh, the world better, at the very least, we can make our world better by making it more peaceful. Now, someone who is truly at peace can exist in chaos without losing their peace. Also, someone who is at peace may choose to protect their peace by denying access to the people who are at war with others and themselves like like you might have a no drama policy you might have a zero tolerance policy for any any um any habitual <laughs> drama curators like i just can't do you fam you, you just you can't even come have a seat where i'm sitting there may be an explanation as to why this drama is there however because it continues to follow you I'm cool. I mean, I think it's Robert Greene that has in his 48 laws of power. One of them is to uh, disassociate with the unhappiness because like the uh, people that are unhappy because that seems to be their curse that like they produce and sustain their own unhappiness. And it's contagious. And you, you kind of got to uh, avoid people uh, that have those tendencies, that have those trends, if you will. <clears throat> so, you know. Someone who is truly at peace, like I said, they can exist in chaos without losing their peace. Um, and sometimes they may have to deny certain people 
who are at war with others are themselves because peaceful people don't get dopamine hits off of unnecessary drama. <laughs> uh, so look, as I get ready to get out of here, though, I want to wrap it up with this. A good measure to know how much peace you possess or you're operating in is to assess how easily you're knocked off of your square. The more difficult it is for you to get upset shows how anchored you are in peace. No one, because no one is making us upset. No one can make you upset. So that implies that there was already a dormant or undercurrent undercurrent of that disturbance and the interaction simply exposes it. This interaction simply turns the light on what's already there. There's a saying that says anger rests in the bosom of a fool. You know, these people that are always upset. Hey, man, nobody's making them upset. They're looking for reasons. They got a chip on their shoulder. They put it there. They glued it there. <laughs> they stabilized it. They walk in such a way as to not to not knock the chip over accidentally. They want that chip to stay on their shoulder. <laughs> so, you know, you just got to be aware of that. And so what I'm saying is that sometimes the oven is already on preheat and you just may have failed to transmute the energy so that what happens is someone comes and exposes it. And then you may end up transferring that energy to them or now that energy is amplified to where everybody can see it is more pronounced. Right. And, and, and so nobody can make you angry or make you lose your peace without your consent. You have that power unless you relinquish it. And so my last thought to you is stand in your I amness, y'all own every piece of you and make peace with every every part of you. And then bring that peace into circumstances that you might find yourself in today. And that's it, y'all. Peace. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.